Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to a brand new episode of Simmer Down with Viv. We are continuing our series of Boss Lady Hustle. I have an amazing, amazing guest, amazing queen right here with me. And you guys know her brand already because each and every week you hear about it. Yes, it is the creator, the mastermind of material. And she is Eunice Byung. Sitting across from her just makes me super happy and giddy because she's not only just an inspiration, but she is also a very good friend of mine. I go to her for advice and everything just because she is so smart and she is just a really, really good human being. Um, okay, so as you guys remember, Boss Lady Hustle is all about creating the life that you want. You want, you want to live it and you dream about it and then you make it into a reality. And this is why Eunice is the perfect guest for this week's episode. Welcome, Eunice. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's absolutely amazing. This is such a treat for our listeners. So we are sitting right here in the headquarters in the heart of New York City Flatiron District of Material. And Eunice, tell us about this great space. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are based right in the Flatiron District. And what's amazing about just being in this neighborhood is there's so many other startups. Uh, just the energy is really palpable. Um, and, you know, a lot of, I'd say, collaboration and camaraderie uh, amongst other startup founders and other companies um, right within kind of like a five block radius. So it's an incredible space to be in. And we've been here ever since we launched Material. Um, and Material has been now probably about a three-year labor of love, but we've only introduced it to the public a little over a year and a half ago. So we're still in, I'd say, the newborn phases as a company, but have learned an incredible amount in such a short period of time and have really been fortunate to see a lot of growth in a short period of time and um, just being able to talk to our customers and hear from them and get their feedback and be inspired by them in that very short period of time has been, I think, just an inspiration to our team. That's amazing. I had no idea you were working on it for three years already. Yeah, so I was actually at, um, uh, I always say, a corporate job when uh, my co-founder Dave and I came up with the concept of material. So I was in the beauty industry and leading digital um, over at Revlon, and my co-founder Dave uh, was in the luxury fashion space so he was over at Chanel at the time Ooh, I know I know so fancy and we've been friends for a long time in the city and one night we just started talking about just life and things that were happening and at that time I had just had my first daughter and was really challenged with the fact that I was doing a lot more cooking cooking for her um, but was frustrated by the fact that everything I had in my kitchen was just so uninspired, so cluttered, um, live in a New York City apartment, and there's no space. So how do we kind of create a new category within the kitchen that really identifies the fact that most people don't need all the things that traditional retailers try and sell them? You don't need a 36-piece mm -hmm. cookware set because no one has the space and no one's going to use that all. Um, and on top of that, we felt as though design was either so beautiful and so unattainable, like you walk into a MoMA design store, beautiful stuff, but really expensive and probably something that you're not going to use on a daily basis. So we were kind of lamenting just about how 
we had seen the revolution of design and accessibility and all these other categories within the home, but not within the kitchen. And that's when the light bulb kind of went off for Dave and myself to say, hey, well, you know, we cook a lot. We love to do it. We love design. Um, maybe let's start mapping out what this could look like. And it was very informal in the beginning. It was just, you know, what would we want if we could kind of design our kitchens from scratch? What would we be inspired by? And what would be those things that you reach for every day for every meal? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of where we got started. So we both kept our day jobs as we started working on it. And, you know, I'd say nights and weekends, um, we're just making sure that we were collaborating, sharing ideas, Um, And then when push came to shove, we started to realize we were really onto something, but we needed to take that first leap of faith and bet on ourselves Mm -hmm. and actually resign from our jobs, which I know very hard to do when, um, you know, you've got a, a great job and you're working on some incredible projects. But at the end of the day, you know that you have to go do this thing when you go to bed at night, you're thinking about it. You wake up in the morning, you're still thinking about it. Um, and that's that was a sign for me to say, hey, you got to give it a shot. You have to try it because you're going to look back at some point in your life and be like, gosh, I wonder if we had just taken that first step of, you know, betting on ourselves, would it have culminated into anything? And, you know, we got lucky. We I'd say we got very fortunate to meet some amazing investors early on that believed in our vision, believed that we had the ability to to kind of create and bring to life um, what we had initially envisioned for material. And we got started right away. So yeah, I'd say um, definitely took our time to get to that place where we ultimately jumped off that cliff. But once we did, it was just kind of free falling and things happened very quickly. That is amazing. That there's so much content that I want to just like go in and break down with. But before we before we feed my curiosity, I'm sure you guys have a ton of that listening to Eunice's opening statement. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> um, what is material? If you can sum it up in a few sentences, like we understand where it came from, the inspiration. But what? how would you describe your brand? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that we are a company that's dedicated and inspired by home cooks. We are not focused on professional chefs as much as we do love them. And, you know, we know that some of them love um, their material. We're really about what happens in the home, what happens in that kitchen when you are tired, you came home from work, you still want to eat something good, you're not ready to go get something on Seamless. And there's almost an escape in home cooking where mm-hmm. you know that, hey, it's the 15 to 30 minutes that you have on a daily basis where one, you can control the situation, right? I mean, yeah. we're all in, in probably in jobs and environments where you can't control much. Things just <laughs> happen around you. But when you're cooking, there is a routine to it. There is a rhythm to it. There's something about it that just makes people feel as though they are a little bit more in control of taking these initial ingredients and then turning that into something. So we're about that whole experience. What is that like? What does it benefit um, a home cook, how does it benefit a home cook? And how can we make sure that they're inspired by the very things that are in their kitchen, the things that they're using? Because it's either a smarter design, um, it's either a more beautiful, beautiful design, more aesthetically pleasing, or it's just a great value and they feel more confident because they're like, hey, I actually own finally high quality, high performing things and I didn't have to pay that much for it. So, you know, we kind of wrap all that up into this idea of how do we just help people feel as though cooking can be effortless. It doesn't have to be so 
um, tired and so, I think, um, so professional, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to become the next Bobby Flay. You don't have to become the next big star. You just need to enjoy that process and kind of be a part of that process. Um, And that's where we feel really honored to be in people's homes while they're experiencing perhaps that in their day. The many things I do love, but especially one thing is that each piece of equipment that comes in has a story. Right. And you guys take the time to explain, like your pans. Yes. You guys talk about the element of copper. Guys, I've never taken chemistry. You guys know this already. But like to understand why copper is such an important element and how it works with heat and how it helps cook your food better or your boards. There's no virgin plastic. There, it comes with vibrant colors, and the colors are also useful. You use blue for like fish. You use like orange for chicken and things like that. So it's a teaching moment, but you do it in such a friendly approach, and it's not like shoving it down your throat like you must do this. It's more like hey, you can do this, and these are the reasons why. And if you like it, you can, and if you don't, you don't have to. And it's also a feast for the eyes. And you know how when you're cooking for home or, you know, eating when we're at restaurants, you always eat your eyes first. Sure. So why not have a piece that you can take straight from stovetop to tabletop? Yep. Well, thank you. I mean, we, we do try. I think part of it is... You know, we recognize, and I think this is something that all business owners are becoming increasingly aware of, we we have a commitment and a responsibility to our customers. And I think the thing that we don't take lightly is people work hard for their money, right? Like mm-hmm. they work hard in order to maybe splurge on something, to treat themselves to something, to buy something. And we really recognize that you know, we as business owners have to take that responsibility on our own shoulders and make sure that when we're creating and designing things, it needs to be multifunctional because single-use tools in the kitchen just create a lot of clutter and a lot of junk. I mean, think about that one time maybe you're making a cobbler and you went and got a cherry pitter, right? You're going to use that maybe one time, but if you know and understand how to use a really great paring knife in order to, you know, pit your cherries for that one time of season that you make it, that's just more meaningful and more thoughtful because you're getting greater use out of your tools or just making sure that it's responsibly made and that it's going to last over time. And I think one of the biggest things that we wanted to counteract in the kitchenware industry is there's built-in replenishment. And I think people don't even think about that. Like there's a reason why that spatula melts. It's because you're going to have to buy another one, Mm -hmm. right? And so that kind of replenishment cycle is something that we said, hey, that's not fair though. Like why is it that you're products can't stand the test of time like and just like iphones (laughs) right exactly (laughs) right like if you build in that replenishment you know it's it's benefiting you as a business owner but it's actually not benefiting your customers and so from our perspective we say hey how do we change the narrative there it's one we give you a lifetime guarantee if anything happens to your stuff we got you no questions asked. It's not like you you could – I mean, we even get sometimes people who are like, I accidentally threw away my knife because it was, you know, I, I like cleared off my board and someone cleared it and it ended up in the trash can. Okay, we, we understand like human things happen. Mm-hmm. And so we take a human approach to the way in which we deliver our customer service. But on top of that, it's just making sure that we are also being responsible citizens of this world that we inhabit, right? So if we can create the pans, which you mentioned – that are going to last a much longer time because they're made of high quality materials and it's not a single ply frying pan that you accidentally leave something on it too long and it totally burns to a crisp. And works. Right, and completely. 
we, ours is a five ply pan with a copper core that if you are using this every day, you could use it for years and years to come. It's not something that's going to warp on you. It's not something that's going to break down or fail on you. And that's, again, I think the commitment that we all need to make to customers that are a lot smarter and savvier um, and really care what businesses stand for. And that's something that we were really mindful of when we were building out material and just making sure that we were disruptive to the way that the industry has kind of traditionally been built. There's, there's so many things. First of all, lifetime guarantee. How many brands, how many <laughs> companies guarantee that? I, I can't even think of a single one right now. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think a lot of them do in terms of um, saying it but not actually living by it because then you read the fine print below and there's yeah. like – well, if you cooked with it, exactly, you can't give it back. Exactly. And so our thing is, you know, just email us and we take it kind of on a case-by-case basis. I mean, there are definitely um, instances when you know maybe the person is not necessarily being as truthful. But mm-hmm. by and large, again, like we recognize that life happens. And if someone comes over and cooks on your coated pan and completely ruins it and wrecks it because they have no idea like what's going on, we get it. I mean, like, we can absolutely replace it. It doesn't have to just be a manufacturing error that's going to warrant um, a, a lifetime guarantee swap. And 2020 is all about less is more. Yes. I feel like because 2019 was all about Marie Kondo. Yes. That people want quality stuff. I understand, like, the whole Black Friday. People go crazy to the department stores and buy these, like, cheapy pans. And, yes, you get two frying pans for $10. But how many times are you going to use this pan for five dollars probably one time so if you guys really do the math it's like renting a pan and then throwing it out rather than investing in good stuff kind of like that you know that expensive winter coat you're still holding on to yeah that's an investment piece just like these tools so it is you're paying for quality not just quantity so what are we learning don't fill your house with crap fill your house (laughs) with good stuff so you briefly mentioned this before how you guys started you and your business partner dave both had corporate jobs and you guys did this on the weekend until you guys felt ready and you took the leap of faith. I think that's a very scary thing. It's yeah. terrifying. Like whether or not you, phys- if you guys have physically jumped off a cliff, right? It's like your knees buckle and you're like, can I do this? Right. All the self-doubt, all those little gremlins in your brains, like you can't do this, don't leave, you're leaving benefits, you're leaving 401k, all that stuff. What was the push? Yeah. I think, you know, I think the push for me was twofold. One, like I said before, it's just, it becomes an obsession where everything that you see or you do kind of funnels back to the idea that is brewing in your mind. And you just kind of, you you almost feel as though it's an itch that has to be scratched. And if you don't, like shame on you for not trying it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just something, I don't know how to explain it other than it overtakes you and you just, you're like overwhelmed by it and you're like, okay, there's something here and I need to channel that somewhere, right? So I need to channel it to probably trying it and doing it and seeing what actually happens. Um, and then the second thing I think is a lot more personal, which is, you know, as I mentioned, um, I had just had a, my daughter. Yeah. And so by the time that we ended up, um, I guess, leaving our corporate jobs and moving forward, she was probably around two So she really started to understand that mommy went to work every day and that mommy was not home with her as I was initially when she was born. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, what would be a really incredible thing that I could teach her or show her by 
by the job that I do, by the profession that I do, so that I didn't just feel as though I was clocking in, clocking out, um, but that I was really showing her that you can be passionate about something and and love it and work and really contribute something. Um, and I remember when I was going through that process, I was like, well, if there's anything that I would want her to know, it's that she is enough. Like, you can bet on yourself and know that you are enough to to invest in and it's so funny because I I talk to her now about it and she's like four and a half and I say you know honey what do you want to do when you're older like what Mm -hmm. what do you want to do and she's like I'm gonna have my own company like mommy and I'm like oh my gosh like it's incredible how in such a short period of time she really understands this concept of you can build something on your own and you can build something for yourself and I say okay what kind of business do you want and she's like I want a company where I study things, like 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 I, I study what happens. And I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. I don't even know what that is. But again, I think it just goes back to this notion of, you know, it's it's hard being a working mom. It absolutely is. And it's even harder when you're a working mom that's also an entrepreneur because you do have to constantly be tending to and thinking about your business. But the fact that she sees that and the fact that she knows that mommy's company is something that has to do with the kitchen and all these tools and she loves playing with them and she comes into the office and she sees all the people on the team and they're so sweet and kind to her. Um, That's something that I think is invaluable, that she's really seeing firsthand what someone is capable of doing, but on top of that, like what type of culture and environment is is the business that her mommy is building that hopefully one day she can either build for herself or that she herself can be a part of. You're not only a boss lady hustle, but you are creating a little mini boss yeah, lady I, I hope so. I, I mean, she's a boss that. lady. Yeah. She's, that, is, that is all you can want. Yeah. For not only as an entrepreneur to continue that spirit, to continue that drive, but also as a mother to see your daughter be like, she is enough. Because right. I feel that, you know, growing up, my mom was part of the workforce, but she was a follower. Let's be very mm. honest. You know, she had to make ends meet to make sure we were fed, we, were, we stayed warm. It wasn't about doing what she loved. It wasn't passion. It was, I need a paycheck. Right. And I think our generation is very different where we're like, we want to go to work and feel appreciated. And right. we want to go to work and do bigger things and, and make a change. And I I love that. I, I can't wait to see where the next generation takes yep. that same passion and same spirit. Right. Because it's going to continue to evolve. And then before you know it, we're going to run the world. Yes, as we should. Uh, like, <laughs> we are already with, with people like you. Okay, so let's talk about the not so great things. Struggles. Because, you know, it's not always a fairy tale. Everything, there's ups and downs. Was there one moment, whether it's personal or where both personal and business was crossing paths or whether it's business that almost broke you or one very traumatic thing that made you say, I made the worst mistake in my life. Yeah. Um, Well, I feel like what's funny about when you own your own business is you probably have like five miniature breakdowns a day, but then five really glorious moments a day. I mean, it is so up and down and it could all happen within 24 hours. Um, but I think for, for me, what's probably been the most emotionally challenging has been um, just going through the whole fundraising process. And I know it's something that a lot of startup founders talk about. And, you know, there's, I think, sometimes this um, this perception that the, the more money that you raise, the 
bigger and better that your startup is and all this stuff. And I think when Dave and I started going through the process, we realized, hey, we were lucky to have some incredible investors that are already, you know, behind us, with us, really encouraging us. But like, what do we really want as a business? I mean, do we want to be in a situation where um, we are being held accountable to certain things by investors who don't live, eat, breathe material every day like we do? Or do we want to take a step back and say, you know what, we've got some great investors, we want to go through this process, but we kind of want to build out the map and the plan that makes sense for us. We don't want to um, necessarily have to make different decisions just so that our investors will be happy. Um, And that was a really, really hard thing because you know, the reality is, is as a business owner, you're constantly looking at like your bank account and seeing like, what do you have and what are you investing in and what can you commit to? And um, I, I distinctly remember when we sat down with our team and we said, hey guys, like we're kind of at a crossroads right now. We could either go out and try and fundraise, you know, and and continue to pump a lot of capital into this business, or we can say, hey, let's Let's like rethink how we want to grow, how fast we want to grow, at what expense we want to be growing at, um, and let's talk about this as a team and let's figure out like what is it that people want, like what are you inspired by? Um, and it was really incredible because our entire team was just like, we believe that we're we're the team and we're on the path to do and build something incredible. And if that takes us two years longer than it would if, if you know, we had a ton of capital injected into us, we're okay with that. And it was such a relief as a business owner to be like, wow, we have such an incredibly dedicated team that is so thoughtful and so um, just all in. And that's something that's, I think, challenging to find. And it was very reassuring because we're like, okay, so if that's the case, then here are the changes that we need to make. Like, we're not going to be able to do maybe all the things that we've been doing to date. Um, and we're going to have to pe- ask you all to make some tough choices in terms of what do we want to invest in? What can we what can we bring in-house and kind of take on ourselves? And I will say, even though it was a pretty um, scary and, and a little bit unnerving process, I think we've come out on the other side as a much stronger team, uh, a much more, I think, aware team of – um, what are we capable of and where do we need the help? Um, and it's been incredible. Like I, I just credit our team so much with their tenacity and really their their maturity to say, we don't need to be in this sexy startup space. We're already building a meaningful business. So let's keep investing in it the way that we want to. Um, so it kind of turned that scary moment very much around because um, it is emotionally draining and taxing to – to go out and fundraise and put your heart on the line and and um, have investors sometimes say, I just don't get it, you know? And that, mm-hmm. that's a really tough thing to do. It's such a classic, you move to make a struggle into an inspiration. And I can understand, I don't know your whole team, but I can understand why they are so willing to support you and back you up. Because you're a leader that includes everyone in the process. It's not just, hey, I'm making this decision and it's either my way or the highway. You're including them. You are making sure their voices are heard. And as an employee, that is one of the biggest struggles mm-hmm. because you always feel like you get lost in there. And sure. when you're a leader and giving out option A, option B, option C, and saying you matter and this is our team, our brand, it's it's so it's just so inspiring. And you're like, wow, I am going towards a bigger thing 
it's not just me. So of course, of course they would follow you, Nis. <laughs> no, I, but it, I mean, again, I will say, um, I, I think it's also knowing that as a leader, you don't have all the answers and you don't know. And being able to articulate that and say that to your team, I think is so critical and saying sometimes like, hey guys, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer is here. So let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Let's see um, what everyone is thinking because I think a lot of times there's this misconception that leaders should always, you know, know the vision and be that one person who is the holder and the keeper of the vision. And what I found kind of throughout the course of my career is, yes, you need to know what that North Star is, but if everyone else doesn't know what that North Star is and can't articulate it in the same way with the same amount of passion that you can, like you're going to be dragging them along. And so if you can find and build a team that understands how to make that their own and that you allow them the space to craft and create that vision with you, I mean, their fingerprints are going to be all over it where they're going to be so much more vested in it. And that's what we need when you're building something from scratch. Like you need people who are willing to jump on that ship with you as you're still designing it, as you're still building out part of it, and they're paddling like crazy just so that you can help steer the ship in the right direction. Like we have, I just can't say it enough, like we're so fortunate to have such an incredible team. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yes. And it is a dream come true to see your brand just grow and grow and grow. Okay, so you have so much advice. I feel like you are just full of wisdom and knowledge, not only in business, but also in life. Talk about advice. Is there some kind of advice that you would give to yourself, whether you were starting off or as younger self? Yeah. And it could be any age, but right. any kind of advice that you can share? Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, I've. I think the thing that I've really um, come to practice is that every day is a new day. And I know that sounds so simple, but there are so many nights um, that I can remember where I would go to sleep so worried and so concerned and so just bothered um, and almost feeling already defeated. And I think once I started to recognize that hey, but every morning when I wake up, there is the ability to hit kind of that reset button of not necessarily taking what happened the day before and bringing that and pulling that forward with me to the next day, but realizing it's a new day. Mm-hmm. And maybe we did something and we, we there was a misstep the day before. Or maybe I was cranky and I said something that wasn't particularly as nice as I should have been. Whatever it is, just to be able to release that and allow myself to say, you know, well, today I can be different. I can do something different. We can try something different. And I think when you're an entrepreneur, that is so critical because you are going to have missteps and you are going to have moments where you're like, oh man, we should have seen that one coming um, or failures. So to be able to say each and every day is a brand new day and really embrace that mentality and live that out, um, I think it's much more freeing. And, And we've been able to do a lot more because we've said, hey, all right, cool. Like that didn't work. So let's let's learn from it and try something new today and let's do it today. Let's not talk about tomorrow. Let's not do it three months from now. Let's try something new today. Um, and I think that's, again, just been very liberating. Um, and it allows me to sleep better at night because I know that, you know, the next day um, that, that we can all try again. And, and I think that's something 
super, super encouraging. That is such rich advice, not just for business again, but for personal. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. The, what if I could have done this, right. but I could have, well, you can, cause there's only one day like this in the whole entire world. Cause once this day passes, there's not another like January 1st and not exactly. another January 2nd. So that is, that is good. That is good. That is, that, is, that, is that is, that is rich. Okay. So what are some future plans for the brand? Yeah. So we're super excited about 2020. Um, you know, we are continuing to just uh, build out into the kitchen and, and reimagine certain, um, I'd say, key moments or key items within the kitchen. Um, I think what we're really excited about is just being able to continue to build upon some of these partnerships that we formed at the end of 2019. Um, we recently partnered up with West Elm. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, think that uh, they just do such an incredible job uh, from a design perspective and really making it accessible to people everywhere. Um, so we're excited about things like that and, you know, really partnering with um, with different individuals. You know, one of our strategic advisors is Allison Roman, who is an incredible um, cookbook author and New York Times writer. And I just feel like everyone is such a huge fangirl of her, myself mm-hmm. included. Um, so just continuing to partner with her as our advisor and, and work on a couple of projects together. Um, and then really, I mean, I'd say just continuing to um, surprise and delight our customers. I mean, that's the thing that we always talk about is just how can we make sure that, you know, our customers are constantly feeling plugged into the business that we're building. And it's so funny. We have like customers who send us their daughter's resumes and like they're like, hey, we love your company so much. Could you, could my daughter get an internship so there? Cute. Or, you know, we get... Um, college college students who are sending us little like letters saying hey you know I have some ideas can we chat and it's just it's incredible to see the community and how it's really been building um, from such grassroots efforts so you know just continuing to stay plugged in with them and making sure that they feel heard um, and that we can take some of those nuggets of inspiration and really translate them into some some new ideas for 2020 so lots lots of fun stuff to come but also um, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 just very excited because I, I think people continue to cook and be more thoughtful about their cooking. Um, and that's a trend that we love seeing because more than a business perspective, it just it, it's so good for people's souls to be cooking, right? Yes. You know, to be cooking for themselves, to be cooking for others. Um, it's just something that I'm just so happy that we're starting to see that real shift happen. Definitely. I feel like people that whether cooking for themselves or for their loved ones, it's feeding a different part. It's not just sharing time, not just talking through a meal because everyone is so immersed in those little devices. Right. That they don't ever have some FaceTime. And I'm not talking about FaceTime on iPhones. I mean, like, legit FaceTime, have a conversation, cook, prep together, clean together. It's a whole experience. And it's so important. I feel like our culture, just the whole tech world has taken over that. The human and we're humans. We need we need society. We need like to be social and chit chat. Right. Okay. So this is a really hard question for you. I know. What is your favorite product from your entire line? Oh gosh. It's like your I know. Okay, why don't we pick two? How about that? Um. God, it changes every. I feel like it changes every week. Um. Right now, I would say, uh, the coated pan mm. is one of my favorites because. Um, I make breakfast with my daughter every single morning and 
nine out of ten times it's uh, pancakes because she just <laughs> loves pancakes. So um, it's just an incredible pan, and and you know what I love about it is it's really meant to be a healthy um, version of a nonstick in that you know it's lead free, it's cadmium free, it's PFOA free. Um, but it'll actually last a long time because there's a whole, we could go into a whole rabbit's um, hole about uh, ceramic cookware and how, anyways, there's this whole like marketing um, belief that ceramic is healthier for you and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but um, it's not. Um, so I think the coated pan is definitely one of my favorites and my go-tos. And then I would say... Um, you know, I'm also a huge fan of our knife stand, the stand, just because there's something about visually, and, and we're actually personally going through a kitchen renovation right now, and um, just knowing that we can have such a clean countertop, and then the stand has just a couple of our knives, you know, really beautifully displayed, and it's part decor, part function. Um, I don't know, I just, there's something that makes me smile every time I see it either on my countertop or, you know, if I see it tagged in some Instagram post, there's just something very striking about it. Um, and I love that it's a really great representation of form and function coming together, which is something that I think we at Material strive for. My answer is going to be a cheat answer because it's the trio, which means it's like a three-in-one. Yeah. <laughs> I am obsessed with your knives. They're so well-balanced. They're so sharp. And they're easy to sharpen as well. I don't think that it takes the intimidation out. And let's talk about that little sexy serrated. What was the inspiration behind the weight? It's so, yeah. Um, just trying to make it a little bit more elevated than kind of that. I always say that the current serrated knives look very snaggletoothy. Like mm-hmm. they just look like they're going to rip into your stuff and not in a good way. Um, and so we just liked that kind of more... Um, I think seamless, but you know, that, that really beautiful wave that you could get out of a serration. Um, and then the length of it was really inspired by the fact that you can use serrated knives for so much more than just bread Yes, and you should be using it for soft skin items like a tomato. Um, I know this morning I cut into our, an avocado with it and it was just super easy, um, great to use. And um, when you have a 10-inch bread knife, like, you're just cutting bread. And again, I think it just goes back to the philosophy of, no, but you should be able to do more stuff with your tools. And that means, by default, then you don't need as many tools. Get quality stuff, less is more. Going back to tip number one. This was fantastic. I feel like you you guys got a good treat. Not only do you guys know all about the history of material, but you know inspiration you know Eunice as a person you got a little bit of a taste of that we'll get we'll get another episode of just getting to know her I promise but it's it's at that time which is a perfect segue because material is all about getting you in the kitchen and cooking so what is the recipe that you want to share with us oh my gosh this is so hard too because I feel like (laughs) there's so many good recipes um I'd say I like our family is a very um uh, we love having like hearty meals, mm-hmm. um, like things that warm you and things that kind of develop over time. And, and I know there's something about it. My husband, by the way, is a fantastic cook. Um, and so I feel like he just inspires me a lot by the types of recipes that he's choosing and cooking and whatnot. Um, but yeah, we've been really into homemade spaghetti and meatballs. I think because my daughter is like obsessed with it. I mean, she will have it for like 
lunch and dinner. We won't let her have her for breakfast because she'll have pancakes. But um, she will. She's obsessed, and it's so great to make it homemade because it's so simple, and it's something that with kids you can also have them help you. Um, actually form the meatballs themselves Mm -hmm. and so we do kind of a third a third a third between um, pork veal and like a ground chuck or something but you know just adding in a little bit of the egg to give it that fluffiness and to bind it all together the the breadcrumbs um, you know my husband is not a fan of parsley which is really funny so we end up putting in different herbs so we'll chop up and throw in some basil and, you know, salt, pepper it. And then my daughter can help actually form the meatballs. Cute. And then all we do is we simply throw it in the oven, broil it, and then we start to build up that tomato sauce. Um, and then mix everything together once when all is said and done and the pasta is ready to go. And my daughter, I kid you not, is obsessed with grating the Parmesan then at the end over everyone's bowl. I know. <laughs> so she, and she also loves frozen. So to her, it's like snow falling when she's grating her Parmesan. That's the best um, type of snowfall. Ever. I know. Especially in New York. I know. Oh, yes. Please. So, so a bowl of that that we can just make together as a family on a Saturday is just like heavenly because not only is the experience itself super super lovely but then when you actually get to dig in and eat it it is so rewarding so comforting it's the best comfort food so good and you don't need to go to a restaurant and pay for it i mean it is so easy to do on your own and it tastes so much better and you know exactly what's in there i feel like sometimes restaurants depending on the restaurant there's some like filler stuff in there yes and we're we're like very salt sensitive i I would say Mm -hmm. so like a lot of restaurants we find just over salt things we love salt like salt builds flavor like a lot of people actually when they're not cooking well it's because they're not putting in enough salt yeah but sometimes you can go way overboard yeah um and so for us it's just it's great being able to get it right to the levels that we like and just like you said ensure that it's high quality stuff that's going in yeah because you don't eat junk we no eat crap we're yeah. cooking with good stuff we're gonna eat good stuff we're gonna feel good yes so Eunice is gonna share that recipe with you guys it's going to be on the site I'm going to go catch up with her more now because I've just missed her. And of course, she is definitely a star of Boss Lady Hustle. She's the boss of material. She's hustled to get this business from ground up. And guys, she had a full-time job and a child. So what's your excuse? And of course, she's a lady because she is one of the classiest people I've ever met. And just sweetest too you really are like just so open so warm um and i'm so glad you got to i'm so glad you got to meet our listeners and share your story because it's definitely a treat for them as much as it's a treat for me well me too thank you so much for having me thank you and don't forget guys use simmer down with viv on material because now that you know why this brand is so special and high quality you're welcome honestly you're welcome (laughs) thanks guys see you next week Simmer Down with Viv is produced by me, Vivian Chan, and Tracy Gushkin from With You Media. For more information, visit Simmer Down with Viv on Instagram, With You Media on Instagram, or SimmerDownWithViv.com and WithYouMedia.com. When I'm prepping food and there's raw proteins involved, I always use a plastic cutting board. Why? Because I don't want cross-contamination. And material has the perfect cutting boards. They're actually called reboards. They've come in four vibrant colors. And you want to know the best part? They come from 75% recycled plastic, 25% sugarcane, and 100% dishwasher safe.
My two favorites are the Tide for all seafood and the Sand when I'm dealing with other proteins such as chicken or pork. Be sure to check them out at materialkitchen.com and use code SIMMERDOWNWITHVIV for 10% off. Now go on with your bad self and get cooking in that kitchen.